You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch bro i'm alex morrison and i think after last week's episode i think we're all out of bonus episodes so yeah damn shame shame. (laughs) people are getting spoiled i know that um a handful of people in the discord including um Dustin was mm-hmm. just like, we're getting spoiled. It's like, well, now, bitch, you get your one episode a week. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of all that, something you literally were looking at right before then, because again, we talk about our news, we talk mm-hmm. about our main topics. It was hard to even sift through the news because of what was happening over the last literally 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a balloon. People are freaking the fuck out over here on the East Coast over a balloon. Yeah, well, it was it was a Chinese balloon. Yeah, so it, I barely know any information on it. There, the Chinese sent over a balloon. They don't. They're not saying what it is from what it. From they, what I can gather online, they're saying it's a weather balloon, yes. just like the United States said uh, that nuclear bomb was an accident. Um, so, you know, we've used that excuse for many things. They use that excuse. That's fine. And it's like finally today on it's Sunday. Not first, it's not even the first time it's happened. It's happened like three more times in the past like four years. Really? Yeah, it happens all the time. Governments lose like aeronautical balloons all the time. We lose them all the time over socialist countries that need a new president. Well, see, the thing that was confusing about it to me is I started seeing a lot of like friends that lived in like the Hickory and Concord oh, yeah. area posting that they were seeing the balloon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, wait a minute. It's made it this far into North Carolina, and no one shot the motherfucker. Yeah, well, you got to take a, you got to take into consideration. You know, it's not just a balloon; it's actually hauling something. A, a, like a, if you look very closely at the photos of the giant balloon, there is what looks like a small satellite attached to it. So, if you blew it out of the sky, you have to determine where that's going to land. And the East Coast is a little bit more populated than the Midwest, so yeah, let's wait till it gets out this little bit further, further out. Maybe it hit the ocean. <laughs> And we won't give a shit because the last thing you need to hear other than there's a Chinese balloon is there's a Chinese balloon falling toward an eastern coastal city. <laughs> That's a little bit more scary. But we shot it down. Hell yeah. America! Fuck yeah! But yeah. Lick my dick and suck on my balls! Yes, those are the lyrics. <laughs> they really are. But uh, but yeah, so just yeah, they just shot down a weather balloon. Yeah. Or, but- or a TikTok balloon. I'm pretty sure it's a TikTok balloon. <laughs> That collects mm. information from the TikToks, or or maybe the balloon was full of um, the next variation of COVID. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and someone just shot it into our atmosphere. Yeah, literally. This, yeah, this, that's it. <laughs> the memes are hilarious, but this will be just like one more notch on the post of 2023. There's so when much. We talk shit. about it again in a year from now. <laughs> well, there is just so much shit that's happened 
like outside of even like the pop culture news shit that's just like holy fuck this is this is how the year is kicking off apparently mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of them I was just like did we have this on our uh, 2023 bingo card which was a this isn't part of our news segment it's just mm-hmm. something I found that was funny the dodo is being brought back to life by Paris Hilton the CIA and a 1.5 billion dollar unicorn yeah, and for people that don't understand what a unicorn is, is that is an unnamed investor mm-hmm. uh, with a whole lot of money that just wants to see something through, but isn't necessarily wanting their name attached to it. This could be anywhere from a single investor all the way up to a large organization. No. This is probably the the lightest news out of what I suspect would be happening with dark money. Uh, yes. We're bringing back the dodo bird. Yeah, along with uh, apparently the woolly mammoth as well. Fuck it, why not? It'll die again. <laughs> That's all it will. It's a fucking species species of animal that shouldn't exist anymore. That's all. I mean, well, why shouldn't they? They were extinct. Yeah, they went extinct naturally. Right. The mammoth did, not the dodo bird. <laughs> the dodo bird was slaughtered. Yeah. Um, so it's like because, so- it had, because it had no natural predators until man showed up. Uh, when man showed up, yeah, they it got a little wild. So with that in mind, should that one necessarily be extinct? Could we bring that one back? Yeah, you could. There's no reason, just like the Tasmanian tiger or a handful of other species that get eradicated every year. I think the um, a specific breed of rhino, mm-hmm. only the males are left or something yeah. like that. And like the, one uh, of them is like infertile or mm-hmm. some shit. It's like the uh, uh, white horn uh, rhino. But like even then, it's just like species are discovered and species are found extinct all the time. So eventually there has to be a balance because one is going to lose to another omnipredator that sh- just shows the fuck up. Like maybe in the middle of the ocean. Listen to our Flat Earth episode yeah. on the Crypto Conspiracy full yeah, cult we cracking, dropped last week. There's a Kraken in the hollow earth and the dumbasses in the dome of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, and we're all just sliding into hell, singing along, <laughs> holding hands. But yeah, like the, I don't know if you know anything about the dodo bird in school, but like it was, it was found. It was nurtured for a while they thought it was going to be the next domesticated bird because it was a little bit roughly the size of a chicken um and they went to try to domesticate it but they ended up hunting it like pheasants or quails and just annihilating the species wasn't they uh, a characterized version of that the uh the bird that was on up yeah that they saw kind of in the second third bird. act yeah yeah that's a dodo bird uh Another thing is like there's other animals that, that just go extinct constantly. I think uh, there was a uh, rare, uh, a rare version of a uh, of a look kind of like a peacock, but a, it, it got extinct around that time. But it wasn't because of man; it's just because they ran out of food. Like right. like that one particular species, they overate, and that's why they tell you not to bring other species of animals to other continents. Uh, Simpsons did a great episode about the frogs from uh, Australia. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To ruin the whole fucking uh, Australia. <laughs> Because he had a frog with him. But yeah, that actually happens. That is another part of it that's true. That's another way to make another species of animals extinct is overfishing, overpopulation of an exotic species. I was going like to say, that. yeah, it seems like the only ones I've heard about recently have been like, I've heard about maybe one or two different tree frogs mm-hmm. that like can't really find them anymore. Yeah. There's specific kinds of fish that we've basically eaten away. Yeah. Uh, there were an overpopulation of uh, white-tailed deer um, and bespeckled deer in the um, I think the Yellowstone woods, the woods of National Park Yellowstone, so they airdrop wolves. Hey, they literally, they, they literally, we have new doggies. Yeah, they literally <laughs> airdropped wolves 
into the wilderness to quell the population and it worked now i'm just imagining like a fucking fleet of wolves jumping out of an airplane go, with go, fucking parachutes. Go, go. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like de- it's goggles like, it's like save it private ryan go 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 <laughs> with wolves. Go. yeah <laughs> but no they, they they parachuted a bunch of fucking wolves and they do that with a lot of different species uh, if you ever watch a video about that it, like they'll airdrop a uh, uh, a certain species of uh like beavers or something into an area to kill a certain other species and like it'll be like a crate it'll land and then it'll open and then it'll just be like what the fuck <laughs> judgment day motherfuckers yeah, but like, they'll, they'll get out the fucking like little cage that are dropped in and they're just like what the fuck was that because you just airdropped a fucking creature motherfuckers walking out with like fog around like yeah. it's a fucking wwe intro yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a fucking timber wolf going after a fucking deer no, that. Why is it that, okay? Now that needs to be an animated show. I don't no. know. Just for some reason, just those couple visuals have really made me giggle. Yeah, that needs I to think become a thing. Yeah, that would be cool anime. <laughs> it really would. Well, well, on that note, let's go ahead and move on to our news segment. Something as quickly as it came, as quick as it went. Uh, Netflix. <laughs> released a uh, terms and conditions update basically saying that in order to quell their password sharing that the signal in which you are logged in from has to be registered from your home address once every 30 days i thought i was reading once a week mine said once every 30 days i don't know they could fucking change policy either way it still has to be pinged at the home address a certain amount of times in a time frame or you get booted yeah I think that lasted maybe three days. Yeah. And then immediately they walked it back and went, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Well, it doesn't make much sense if you're if you're one of the few people like me who paid for extra screens. That wasn't the big thing when I had Netflix was, yeah, I shared my password, but I share, I bought screens per pass per right. user. And, you know, when you got four users, you're going to have four screens. So I paid for that. So if they were ever to send me an email saying, hey, we picked this, I'm like, of course you did. That's mine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and here's the thing that's just utterly confusing about it, is like they're continuing to raise their prices. Mm-hmm. So they're clearly doing that in com like in combating the password sharing. It's like mm-hmm. that, that winds up just being the, the extra crap on top of it. But they were literally like people have dug up tweets and Facebook posts. Like they, they used to promote and like love is sharing a password. Exactly. And then I saw a video, I uh, saw a picture of George who was killing Lenny and the mice of men. And it's George with a gun. And it says Netflix pointing the gun at love. <laughs> We're killing love. And I'm just like, if you know the story of mice of men, yeah, you kind of understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and it also just feels like since the, the streaming landscape, is such like pirates waters right now where it's like people are cropping up and dying left and right it's like it's since it is so treacherous it feels like they would want to like come in and give you a nice warm big hug and be like hey remember who was here first we got your back but instead they're just like oh oh i see you logged into hbo as well huh Mm, is this really your account, bitch? <laughs> they, so, they turned into the jealous ex. So what I liked about like of all the streaming services, HBO always had the best response. Uh, Game of Thrones season two came out. It became the, an overnight success just from season two's opener. People just came out of the woodwork fucking talking about this show. 
and then it became the most pirated show online. And the two guys that created the show said, that's fantastic. They loved that because it's the people watching their content. Exactly. And like Netflix doesn't make content I would want to download illegally unless they were to remove content. You know what I'm saying? So like, I it, think Stranger Things would be the only one I would actually seek out to download. If they were going to go down the path of HBO, yeah. Because HBO will delete some of their content now nowadays, uh, like Swamp. Well, I meant just when they put out new episodes, not to have like, yeah. not to download and keep as a collection, mm-hmm. but just being like, oh, I don't have Netflix, but I'm still downloading the new season yeah. of Stranger Things so I can watch it. Um, and another thing Netflix does horribly is cancel shows, like these one-off seasons of like really outstanding experimental shows, and just blew them out of the fucking water and. Yeah, we talked about Inside Job last week. Yeah, not just Inside Job. 1899, which was a great sci-fi adventure. Um, So many of others. Marco Polo, they canceled years ago. Uh, All their horror series are dead in the water. Uh, Critically acclaimed. Even Shudder was like, damn, we wish we would have thought of that. And Shudder's literally the horror streaming service. And there was... I'm talking about like Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, high-scoring, critically acclaimed shows. Dead. Like, oh no, we're we're only uh, renewing renewable shows. No, you're not. You're renewing the shittiest fucking product I've ever seen on television. Let's get another I, season of Brickleberry. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's get a knockoff of Brickleberry called Paradise PD. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a knockoff. Let's get Mount Grounding to let's get the artists of The Simpsons to make another f- show and make it fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like these were not well received, but we're getting multiple seasons. And if I was if I was at Netflix, I'd bang my head against the desk and figure out why this is going on. <laughs> yeah, at least Hulu. Hulu. Hello, thank you for calling Netflix. You're approved. What's your show? Yeah. <laughs> like at least Hulu will renew a season of something or bring something back. Yeah. Like so that they're, they're they're fantastic at that, but Netflix is just so far up their own ass. Yeah. But I think it's because this this prideful mentality of them being the first. Yeah. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. We defeated Blockbuster. We'll defeat you too. You'll be the next Blockbuster motherfucker. <laughs> I swear to God, if Redbox decides to create a streaming service, you're fucked. They tried and failed. Yeah. yeah. Like, seriously, Redbox tried. But no, I think that's the thing is like, and plus, they love talking about, you know, how they helped, you know, destroy Blockbuster in a sense and this and the other. It's like, that's like saying you killed your grandpa because you pulled the plug. Like, Blockbuster was already limping to start with. You just walked over and tripped over the but plug just, and took him out. It wasn't just Blockbuster either. It was like the mom and pop shops, your family videos, your, you know. Well, I bet everyone was moving away from that anyway. Yeah, but like, you killed the smaller ones in towns that don't have the internet supply to do streaming like my town well no those would still stay up because exactly what you said they don't have they, the internet supply they didn't have the the, the pool anymore also because a lot of studios don't put out that much product when it comes to physical copies anymore and now like your blue Ra- start of netflix they did though the streaming but so but, but what you're saying I'm is saying so these I'm, areas that didn't have internet they would actually be thriving as a video store with the new releases because they don't have the internet yeah, streaming but, but the product became more expensive the physical property became more expensive after streaming because there's not a demand for it as right. much so when video stores have to spend more money on the exact name number of product they spent last month and then have to hope that people rent it and it's just like 
it, your your cost benefit is out the door. Right. You know, the price of the product went up, and now you're going to say I got to rent more mm-hmm. just to stay in business. That you really fucked it up. I'm not saying you know they should have adapted for the times. They should have. There's yeah. you know all all stores <laughs> should adapt. You're this close to being destroyed by Amazon when it comes to groceries. So oh yeah. So <laughs> even the grocery store, it's just like <laughs> yeah. So like I'm not really sent. Like there's not a lot of sympathy, but there is a lot of don't take pride in it i understand yeah yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying like you, you oh we defeated the great blockbuster and it's like no you defeated like t-town video fucking third and main like, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> you're about you're on par with the fucking library next <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah yeah um but that's another story <laughs> well something you brought up about uh hulu even bringing stuff back we finally got an official word after all this time of rumors and this that and the other king of the hill is being brought back to hulu and that now is still all the information we have uh we've not gotten confirmation of if they're going to kind of like freeze the hills in time mm-hmm. and you know we're just going to pop back into you know bobby in high school hank is a you know mid-40s adult you know this that and the other or if they're going to move it up a generation now where bobby's an adult and the kids that we saw joseph connie bobby all them now it's them as adults having to deal with current day kids because think about it the generation bobby grew up in is the same one we grew up in we're already looking at Gen Z going, that that kid ain't right. It kind of works to put Bobby in our age, maybe a little older, and have him now deal with the new generation and even his openness mm-hmm. now being challenged by the new generation's openness. And there, there's going to be certain lines that even he's uncomfortable with that the new generation's doing. I don't. I don't think that would work as well as that '90s show. You know what I'm saying? The '90s show. They went 20 years in the future. Yeah, the hills are due for the 20 year in the future. But I think I don't think it'll work as well. But, you know, it's more of a wait and see. You know, I probably want to see a preview first before making like a casting judgment on where, where right. it stands. I would love to see a reboot set in 1995. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, just going back to, you know, the old group of guys you know because that's why the main the main pull was was the four guys right the family was always there but it was hank his buddies and hank and his family and you know you got two sides of hank and that that's the because he was the king of the hills you know and i would hate to see the demographic change to like bobby right i do not want to see a show about bobby grown up because there's an image of bobby you have in your head Mm -hmm. of that boy ain't right but he's the best right he's the best of the best he's he's hank he's son of hank hill that's my boy you know and they're going and if they try to do it after that i think it would ruin and even soil the image of the show okay later let me me pitch something to you then bobby is rocking it out happily married with connie maybe he has his own little kid maybe a little younger than bobby's age guess who comes knocking on the door john rickwin gracie Mm mm-hmm I see, like, even that, like, I don't want to see something like that. You don't want to see great. Like, that would be the dynamic. Bobby having to deal with Gracie. We've already had a child. Let's say great. Because, again, we've the turn of the millennium was very important in King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. So, let's just say timeline-wise, we they wrap up actually in 2002. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's just say that's just like if 
if we're going to stretch it out and look at it truly, the series ends in 2002. So that's when Gracie was born. By that time, Gracie's in her early 20s. By the time they start this show back up, mm. which would be the perfect age that Luann was. And I think having the dynamic of now Bobby having to work with Gracie and give her the same amount of grace, no pun intended, that Hank had to give to Luann, that might be an interesting plot. I, I don't I don't. I don't want to see that because the whole reason Luann lives with Peggy and Hank is because Luann's parents are garbage people. You could write one line of dialogue saying Lucky and Luann had to move away and can't come back home. That's still shitty. At some point, you have to make them to abandon their daughter in the town for some, even the most modicum reason is going to make Luann and Lucky look like pieces of shit. And they're not pieces of shit. Yeah. That's the problem I have with something like that was if you're going to do a story about King of the Hill, focus on Hank. Do not try to make me hate what you're going to put out as a fan. Right. Every fan's got a different idea. I respect that. But once you lay the groundwork for this is what's going to happen for an established character, yeah, it's going to fucking suck. <laughs> that's that's I think that's what the great thing about that 90s show was, is we got so little of our main cast from that 70s show. We got just enough. Eric and Donna live in Chicago. They're successful. This is their daughter. End of story. Jackie and Kelso came back. They're married for their third, third time. time. <laughs> great. Great story. They're off to do their thing. Cool. Fez stayed in the town. Whatever happened to Hyde? Okay. And that was that. <laughs> and that was that. But you know what I'm saying? But like even even when you're trying to do that storyline, if you're going to do King of the Hill nail, bring back Bobby and Connie, bring back Joseph, but keep everybody else who lives in the town. You know, when you start, if if they had done that '90s show that way, where they had stuck around, it's like that ruins the dynamic of why the kid has to stay. You're telling me, like, let's say Eric had stayed, he's going to shirk all responsibilities for two and a half months just to hang around his mom and dad's house with his shitty little kid. Well, I mean, so one, I no matter, I think no matter what direction they're going to go in, I'm going to be pretty satisfied because. In retrospect, and kind of rewatching some of the uh, new Beavis and Butthead episodes of my mm-hmm. girl, because she she surprisingly has really enjoyed it. Rewatching those, that that is one of the best reboot series yeah. that have happened, and it's from Mike Judge's hand. Yeah. So if he can reboot Beavis and Butthead and do such a bang up job, or maybe only, you know, we'll say there's two episodes per episode, two bits. I think there's only maybe three bits in that entire series that just weren't that funny. It kind of felt like filler segments. Outside of that, it was fucking great. I have no doubt that even if, you know, they do go down the route of Bobby doesn't live in Arlen anymore. Okay. So now he's just, he's, he's moved away from the family. So now we don't have to see everyone from rainy street as much. He lives in another part of Texas or lives in another state somehow that gets wrapped in with Gracie being over there as well. I feel like they're such good writers. They could find a way to explain away Luann and Lucky without making them sound like shitheads. 
Yeah, see, that's the problem is is without without it, making know, them sound bad I, though. I know that, and that's going to be extremely hard because you're abandoning a child essentially. I, I would th- rather I think if they could do it if it was an act of ignorance because they aren't the smartest people. They're very kind hearted, but Lucky and Luann are not very intelligent. I think if they, well, it wound up being a circumstance of forgetfulness to pick her up at an airport mm-hmm. um, or just some sort of balloon-headed something that like, oh, shit, we forgot. Oh, no. And they feel, of course, remorseful. But like, I feel that that would maybe be the smart way to mm-hmm. do it, just out of some sort of idiotic ignorance or stupidity, but not out of any sort of malice. I, my perfect envisioning of this is if it's set in like 2014. Yeah. If it's set in 2014. Why that year specifically? It's before everything kind of goes nutty. Before everything kind of drops off the ship for someone like Hank Hill. Because if you picture Hank Hill other than Hank Hill as just a white guy from Texas, you have a very different idea of what the fuck he would be. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and even as Hank Hill, as conservative as the man is, he's practical on a lot of things. And. It wouldn't make sense for him to be that way, <laughs> right? So I think Mike Judge does have a is going to have a hard time doing this. Other than yeah. you know, you brought up Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead work great because it's just the two of them. Everyone else is not even a secondary character, but a third or fourth dairy character. There <laughs> yeah. are no secondary characters in Beavis and Butthead. There's people they meet along the way, um, <laughs> and it works great because generationally, it's just two guys hanging out. Yeah, that's it. That's that would be the same no matter what. Which what is decade. part of the reason why '90s show worked because it's again yeah. just a bunch of kids hanging yeah. out in a different decade. But that's why the Be- Beavis and Butthead worked in the '90s, worked in the early 2000s, worked in 2010s when it's <laughs> Grandpa Gorilla and Auntie J-Wow. <laughs> So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even the reboot didn't have to struggle that much because it's just like, oh, we're still watching music videos. We're yep. still beating the shit out of each other and having to deal with the man. <laughs> the man always bringing us <laughs> down. Yeah. So, like, that, that's how that works. And I would love to see, you know, I'm still going to be excited to see it when it comes out. Oh, yes. Yeah. But other than that, I have a very specific idea of what I would want to see. But whatever Mike Judge puts out is going to be fantastic. I've never really seen anything bad from Mike Judge. And that was kind of my point is like, you know, he may not go the direction we're thinking, but of all creators right now, I kind of trust him. I would love to see him go back into the live action genre and make another movie. Uh, Toward the kind of way of like office space was, which was all out of nowhere. Home office space. Yeah. Oh man, because he's great at making the small situational family type comedies. The guy that's used to working in the cubicle likes working in the cubicle. You know, play into that kind of personality. I like working in a corporate office. That's what's fucking weird. Now he's forced to work at home with the kid and the wife and everything else. I and ah. Mike, I know you look listen to shit. I hope you're listening to this one. Do that home office space. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> but um, kind of moving on from that, a uh, whole bunch of basically this has been the week of a bunch of announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, we have nothing to discuss on this one other than speculation. But uh, this Wednesday, by the time you're hearing this episode on Wednesday, we'll be getting a new episode of South Park. Yeah. South Park is going to be doing a brand new season. Um, hopefully, it's longer than the six or seven episodes we got last season. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think they're going to go with this? Well, it's kind of hard to say because uh, they know, fucking go everywhere. But well, it's a, the seven days to air, you know. So it's going to be as current as humanly possible. I imagine they're going to make a 
kind of poke fun at Ukraine and oh, Russia. I got the Chinese balloon. Yeah, they'll they'll do that probably like the seventh or third before ending. Uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot more subtlety on certain things. Um, it, it's hard to say where they're going to go, and it's I'm kind of happy not knowing because. Yeah. The world is a crazy place. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I'm looking forward to it. Last season was pretty good. Uh, we did a review breakdown. Check mm-hmm. it out on the backlog. Uh, I think overall, we kind of rated it middle of the road. Yeah. There was no outstanding episodes, but none mm-hmm. of them were like, good God, what are they doing? Like mm-hmm. they had a few seasons prior. <laughs> yeah. So, no, looking forward to it. And I feel like uh, that might have to become. Well, oh, all right. We'll workshop this on air, and we'll kind of ask the Discord's opinion. Do we have a South Park segment each episode after it airs to break down how it went, or do we save it up and do a full review at the end of the season? I'll do, I'll do a save up. A save up? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because that, that could be interesting, too. Each week having a little South Park breakdown segment, talk about the episode from the previous week. We'll play it by ear. Yeah. We'll, we'll play it by ear. <laughs> but uh, along with that, Last of Us is yes. getting a second season. Yeah. Uh, quick announcement on that one. After the second season had aired, or second episode had aired, uh, and right before the third episode aired, they had announced... Uh, Go ahead and said fucking let's do a second season. Uh, I think it's because not only was the second episode like their second most watched episode of any HBO series ever, <laughs> uh, not Velma. Yeah, but like, like even The Sopranos. You know, this is so like I think it was like uh, twelve million people tuned in for The Sopranos ending, and this one was like point four more than that. Damn. And that was The Sopranos, you know, a show that ran. This is the that was the first show that did mid season. This finales. is a bunch of video game nerds watching this show. Yeah, and this is a heart wrenching show. So uh I think and I think the third episode hit so hard because they found out so much more about a certain character. Uh, they didn't deviate too much. They only just at, uh, expanded it, which is something that I think a lot of writers need to understand is you don't change something. You can expand it all day, but as long as you keep natural to the source material, which isn't a book this time. So like you're, you got a lot of leeway. You don't have to waste your time reading a book. You just play a fucking video game, <laughs> spend the four or five hours watching that one guy play the whole thing. Well, it's like, well, you were saying, you know, what writers need to understand is, you know, you add to, you know, yeah. you expand on it. That's one of the reasons why uh, the 90 Spider-Man animated mm-hmm. series was so good is they expanded the lore greatly. They added a whole lot of stuff to that series, all the while still holding true to the main source material. They just added to it a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I also saw a pretty funny meme where it was um, it said uh, HBO fans seeing that Last of Us renewed for a second season is like this really Wilbur Milt toast plain looking white guy just being like yeah, and then it was like Last of Us fans finding out that there's going to be a season two and it's just this guy like utterly crying and sobbing. <laughs> kind of like it's a, it's a kind of a thing is like where how far is season one going to go into the game. How far is season two going to go into the game? Because another part of this was Last of Us Part Two, the game. And if anybody's ever watched that, that's set years later, and it's and it's fucking brutal. It yeah. is it is on tier to like a God of War game is how uh, with the brutality and how well they show the brutality. Um, and it's justified. That's something else. You're, you're you're with a character who's justifying their actions of killing people, people, not monsters. 
and you have to relay that on film as a show and hbo is great at that uh but it's going to be really hard to do because you're gonna have to set it years in advance yeah um if they were to take a hiatus for a year yeah i think they could but i'm excited i'm waiting for the season to end so i can go ahead and watch it all at once um right now from what i've seen the additions they've added to the story are fantastic they've added uh a little like little talk show clip at the beginning of the first episode which explains what the virus or fungus is that causes this and it's the guy from the mummy the brother-in-law oh, okay and he's hilarious but like in this one he's so deadpan and perfect and it it works out really good the way he's explaining the story to people who've never played the game and then when the sh- when it starts it's the game <laughs> like, right. so it, it, it plays out pretty well in that first episode alone do you think that that would be something that we would want to run down, or is it just kind of too sad and <laughs> drama ridden? It, it is. It it is a lot about choice. You know, the game doesn't give you a lot of choice to do mm-hmm. the story the way it is because it's really point A to point B to point C. You know, there is no variations. So yeah, I would love to do a review of it when it ends. All right, cool. Well, I guess that's what I need to watch. You and your girl can watch that. <laughs> That'll, yeah, that, that's going to be a great time. Film yourself sure. reacting to it. I, always, I love those videos. <laughs> uh, DC has also been pretty busy announcing some brand new stuff. Uh, it seems like everything that um, James Gunn is wanting to do is also completely separate from mm-hmm. like the Batman universe they're creating. Like mm-hmm. it seems like he was told like you can't touch that. We're already mm-hmm. doing something here, motherfucker worry about the rest of our shit uh so before we talk about the james gunn news uh we've got a little bit more information on the penguin miniseries that's going to be coming to hbo max uh we heard about that roughly around the time uh the batman was being uh shown in theaters uh, they announced a whole lot of miniseries and stuff that they were going to do on hbo max to kind of supplement in between the movies kind of like a little bit of world building in gotham exactly that way they don't have to dedicate as much time in the movies to giving as much backstory story if you want backstory watch the shows if you just want the big events come see the movies i think that's actually pretty fucking smart i really do because i think if a tv show is done really well say like moon knight that serves perfect as a character backstory that Mm -hmm. way now when we see moon knight in theaters we don't have to worry about oh where did he come from We've already seen that, you know, the hero, villain, whatever, anti-hero journey. Um, so, yeah, on this one, uh, Colin Farrell recently commented on it. Uh, he was saying that it's going to be an eight-part series on HBO, uh, kind of surrounding Oz's rise into power, uh, filling that power vacuum that was created when Falcone was killed, or Falcone, how they say in the fo- movies. How do you say it? Falcone. I'll always e say the, Falcone. There's a two. There's an E at the end. Yeah, the, the E makes the O say its name, Falcone. It's Falcon, if you spell it. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're, if we're throwing up that, it's like, yeah, the E makes the O say his name, Falcone. I'm not going to argue and hooked on monkey phonics. <laughs> Um, Matt Reeves' original uh, idea originally was to have the Penguin show begin about a week after the end of the Batman film, and then, if it works, if the trajectory is interesting enough and the audience goes for it, uh, we and we do our jobs right, have a second film, and the Penguin will feature in the second film and pick up where the HBO show will end. So, that is pretty interesting that it does seem like they're wanting to use these shows as the in-between spots and then have the movie as the big crescendo yeah so what are you excited for a penguin kind of mob 
up oh yeah I rise to power any, show on any HBO. Type, any type of any type of story about the regular villains of a of our heroes is always good because ping was just a man it's just a man just a man uh, like you can't really do that with like a superman series it's just like oh this alien came from space oh shit <laughs> no nah, no nah, we need we need a grounded dude who just beats the fuck out of people for extortion and just is probably just like hyper violent <laughs> and that's what it seems like because right here it says uh, the penguin show has been described as a scarface like series that will see the rise of the criminal and villain underworld in gotham city hell yeah rush rush get the yayo <laughs> No, they're going to have to create like a fake drug for Gotham because like nuke or some shit like in RoboCop 2. You can't use regular drugs in Batman. It's it's terrible. I thought they, well, they they have venom. Yeah, or spice. Spice. (laughs) Spice 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 (laughs) Manolos. I like how you keep saying that. You have no idea. Like the, 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 it's the, from Dune. Yeah, but the, 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 the graphs, the idea of what the spice melange is in the science fiction universe. No, I love South Park. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Uh, yeah, and Matt Reeves, I mean, not Matt Reeves, uh, James Gunn has now released his upcoming slate of film and TV projects for his DC universe. Uh, so we're going to run down those real quick and uh, see what we think. Superman Legacy. Written by James Gunn, will hit theaters in 2025 and focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. I hope this is like Black Suit Superman, like old Superman, because those are always the best stories. He's older because he ages very, very slowly. You know, he's like a Vulcan from Star Trek, you know, would be, you know, Lois would be like 40, 50 years old and he'd be older. But would that work with the synopsis on saying and focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing? In the comics, that's where the Kryptonian part comes in is when he's later in life because he starts experiencing... See, I know nothing on DC Comics. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, so he starts experiencing some issues about other Kryptonians like Kara Zor-El or uh, the people that live in the like cast the basically the glass city um which are the remaining kryptonians that he saves later on so it it becomes later a big issue later on because he has certain duties he has to do when he gets a certain age as a kryptonian right and see something else i'm kind of looking through here is i'm trying to figure out if any of this is animated Mm -hmm. or if it's all live action because the next one seems kind of interesting let's see all 10 of the new projects are set within the same shared DC universe and he will frequently share characters. No. Okay. So I guess it is going to be a live action one. So yeah. Um, the following one isn't as confusing as the one after, but second project announced is called the authority. Uh, DC's Wildstorm characters would join the DCU as members of the authority, uh, take matters into their own hands and do what they believe is right. The Wildstorm characters, um, actually had their own show on uh, fox kids really uh, yeah wildcats that's what it was called oh i remember yeah, that. that 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 was the Wildstorms. storms guys Got it. and okay. they were all dc characters they never they brought them back for the flashpoint stuff like briefly like one guy they brought back and i'm like holy shit that's that's a wildcats character and it's like why is he in the show i'm just like no they're not dc oh fuck they're dc like when you're, when you're a kid you're not seeing that but it was just like yeah that makes a lot of sense Yep, they're all just pieces of shit. They're like the Thunderbolts, but worse. Got it. <laughs> so this is the announcement that made me kind of scratch my head and skim the article and see if this is going to be animated or not. Because if this is going to be live action, this is going to be pretty fucking interesting. The Brave and the Bold. Yeah, the Batman storyline. 
The DCU will uh, will introduce its Batman and Robin in this unusual father-son story inspired by Grant Morrison's comic series. Yeah, Brave and Bold is uh, a little rough because Nightwing's older. Nightwing exists. And see, and that's what makes me kind of confused because I've seen a couple animated movies mm. follow this storyline. I think what if they're th- going to do a live action one and introduce their Batman and Robin in the same film. Mm. That honestly is shocking. Yeah, I think what they're going to do is do like a multiverse layer situation where it's like Earth 1-1-1-6-0-6 Earth. And that, that'll be the preamble. They'll give little hints that these Earths are kind of similar. Just enough, like, well, not a dialogue. Hey, did you hear what old Big Blue did in Old Metropolis over there? Yeah, that kind of bullshit. Right. And then it's just like you got your sad sack Robert Pattinson Batman, but you still have your old man michael keaton batman oh yeah no i know that they're going to do multi-universe but just talking about a lot i'm talking about just the premise of a live action movie the debut batman movie for this universe Mm -hmm. and it's going to be with robin yeah that part to me is what kind of floored me i was like no one has done that yet Mm -hmm. made made their debut batman film a batman and robin film well uh jack zack snyder did when, that, they, but, but, but they but were Robin, riding off the wave of all the previous Batman movies. Yeah, but like so, Ben Affleck's Batman, Robin had already died. So <laughs> Jason Todd had already died. So that, I, that, I, that, I that's still the great feel story. this is a little different. Oh, it, it is a little different. <laughs> we're not going to see Robin get killed. Maybe no, no, maybe. But still, brave. I, that, that that is the first thing they've announced that made me go. Okay, you have my interest. What are you doing? Uh, after that, though, you got Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, the science fiction adventure will be based on Tom King's amazing, award-winning recent comic stories and present Supergirl viewers uh, and present Supergirl in a way viewers are not used to seeing. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fascinating story because that's that kind of will go into the legacy of Superman mm-hmm. because he's able to leave. That was another big premise of like the 80s and 90s Superman is, oh, he left Earth for a while. Why? Because Supergirl was here. He didn't have to be here. He went to go do his kryptonite bull, or his krypton bullshit. <laughs> and he came back with a black suit and it was really cool about murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you go. This is the one I know you're going to be the most excited for. As you were all butthurt over them canceling the series, Swap Thing. Yeah. The fi- Fuck yeah. They're making an entire film of it. CCR better do the soundtrack. So to investigate <laughs> the Dark Origins. So yeah, that's yeah. all you really got on that. And then the follow-up to that, to play off of it, now leading into the television projects, Creature Commandos, a seven-episode animated show in which Amanda Waller creates a black ops team out of monstrous prisoners, and James Gunn wrote all the episodes for the first season. That'd be cool. You know, they actually like the Suicide Squad lure and all that. So I guess the other thing is going to be live action because this specifies animated show. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. After that, you got Waller starling, uh, starring Viola Davis. Uh, this series features uh, Team Peacemaker and will be written by Crystal Henry, who did uh, Watchmen, and uh, Jeremy Carver, who did Supernatural. Yeah, so it's going to be like really fucking dark because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you watched Watchmen. That was a rough movie. <laughs> I saw I saw bits of it, yeah. yeah. That's another DC storyline. After that, you got Booster Gold. Uh, Booster Gold uses basic technology from the future to pretend to be a superhero in the present day. Booster Gold is hilarious. Booster Gold is one of the most hilarious superheroes ever written because he's a man out of time, mm-hmm. and he's just like he's like losing. He's like fanboying the whole time, but he's also like I'm the new superhero, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you, you ass?" <laughs> 
<laughs> and like he, you know what's crazy is like while the while they're fighting like the big monster in the city, he literally stops catastrophic events. No one notices. They literally don't notice him saving the universe, like out of the blue. And he's like, "Where the fuck were you, Superboy?" Like, like they were just, they just talk down to him. Like, yeah, we were just fighting this giant fucking robot monster. He's like, but. But I stopped this guy who turned into a black hole, and it's just like whatever. What a bitch! No, that sounds good. Yeah, he's, I'm he's, he's, that he's one. so fucking up his old ass. As yeah, being like I'm so I'm Booster Gold from the future. He's like what you think a guy would write a fan fiction superhero character in a nice. video game would be. Okay, and he's just like I'm going to help Superman. It's just almost like, their Deadpool to an extent. Almost, but he's so campy and dumb. Got it. But he has this little robot sidekick. It's, it's fucking hilarious. All right, yeah, I'm, I'll check that one. Out. And he helps me like don't do that <laughs> speaking of don't do that i guess it's been long enough that they feel safe kind of reaching back into this pot but another series lanterns that'd be fun yeah basically it's just saying you know just uh follows intergalactic cops john stewart and hal jordan as they uncover a dark mystery oh cool they get the uh was it the, the guy gardner the racist red-headed one <laughs> And, and Kyle Rayner, the one who who becomes the sentient all being. <laughs> I know absolutely zero about Green Lantern. It's or any so of the confusing lanterns. because they're just cops. That's all they are. Yeah. They're fucking pigs, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one announced. Uh, I'm about to pronounce this location horribly, uh, uh, but it's the home of the Amazonians. Themyscira. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it's going to be called Paradise Lost. Uh, set there, uh, the birthplace of Wonder Woman. Uh, this drama focuses on the genesis and political intrigue of an island of all women. Hell so yeah. good luck being a dude. So I, I, I can already hear uh, all the angry white boys on YouTube screaming about yeah. this show as well. <laughs> it's gonna, I'm kind of curious if it'll pass the Beckdale test when it comes to feminism. What's that? Uh, it's a test that's uh, it's a series of uh, qualifications a movie has to get to be considered a pro-feminist film. It's called the Beckdale test. A lot of people call it the bitch test because it was made by two two women at like Harvard. <laughs> it is a, it is a very neat way of trying to classify a film because it ha- it can't do this it can't do that it can't do that it's kind of like the Hayes laws uh-huh. but it's like but it's like it's for like pro feminist and i'm not saying it's bad but i'm saying it's very elaborate <laughs> all right well man i tell you what let's go ahead and moon on moon <laughs> moon walk on over into our main topic and you know what it's a fistful of quarters day fuck yeah Yeah, we're going to be running down our top 10 favorite handheld games. And I like how innocuous and just kind of free-flowing that title was because Mm -hmm. I absolutely picked one that barely skirts the handheld Mm -hmm. uh, graphic or demographic, rather. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you want to go first? You want me to roll first with our number 10? Go ahead. All right. Well, my number 10 is the wild card. And I don't know if you're about to be like, okay, yeah, whatever, or flip this fucking table. But Brick from the iPod. 
It's a handheld. <laughs> but it's an iPod. It's not actually a handheld system, but it but was a game on a handheld Yeah, it's item. also on the Game Boy. It's also on the fucking Atari. But specifically the one on the iPod. Yeah. And the reason being is that touch wheel. Yeah. You had a circular touch wheel. It was perfect for playing that game, just sliding your thumb side to side across that wheel. And that's why I was on ColecoVision, too. With, yeah. With the dial. Yep. So it's like it hit that same little thing, but I didn't have a ColecoVision. I had an iPod, though. Yeah. And I, dude, I played Brick so fucking much on that thing. It was awesome it's because the controls were just so smooth. It was mm. the exact movement of your thumb. We didn't really have the touch screen technology. This was as close as we could get as a touch wheel. Dude, I wish, I wish my iPod still worked. I would bust that thing out every so often today and still play that fucking game. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I remember uh, friends having the iPod growing up, and because uh, I didn't have the iPod, I had iTouch. Yes, when the, that was the first like coolest MP3 player I had at the time. Yeah, um, and forced me to learn how to use third-party iTunes on mm-hmm. a Microsoft computer. Yep. Um, but no, I remember, I remember saying like the wheel on the original iPod had like a haptic response to it a little bit. Yeah, it vibrated just a little bit. Uh, well, not really vibrated. It, you, it just you, made a sound. Yeah, it made you, that ticking yeah, sound. Yeah, but you could feel it in your hand too yeah. a little bit. You felt like you were touching something, right? Which was nice. Uh, my sister had the little pink one. Yeah, the little little pink one. The not, nano, not the well, not the not the little one. Well, this one had a screen. Yeah, the nano. Yeah, 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 nano. And I'm just like the smallest, smallest one was the yeah, shuffle. Yeah, the shuffle is just like you don't know what you're getting. It's yeah, just like, <laughs> no screen, no nothing. Fucking, just press the button. Fucking musical roulette on that, <laughs> <laughs> which is what we do now by putting every single song we've ever loved in one playlist and hitting shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling fucking offspring today and play Hank Williams. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I remember that one. It, it is, it was like the simplest thing you could put on that for the first time. Cause I remember solitaire was on there yes. and I think free sale was on there later on. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you know, all it is is just scrolling back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Brick brick is like a classic game, like snake. Yes. Like you're going to keep on a game forever. No, I remember uh, mom had a old black and white, cell phone it was like right as they started getting smaller and it was a singular wireless mm-hmm. phone and yeah she had snake on there and i would steal it all the time and play it yeah, <laughs> and just drop the fucking battery on that side of a uh, bitch that thing was good for four days bro oh yeah like, <laughs> like a nokia nokia, yeah. nokia lasted forever well what's your number 10 uh chrono trigger uh dx that would came out for the um the DS, but the it only came out after the the larger DS came out. Got it. Um, and it was a port from the Super Nintendo, but mm-hmm. they changed uh, a handful of gameplay mechanics on it. Right. So it was like Final Fantasy. It was a turn based fighter, uh, but there were little stuff you could do in the game, like games and stuff, and little trials you had to do that weren't part of the combat. Yeah. Uh, the graphics were updated a little bit. The sprites were a little bit more f- refined, mm-hmm. uh, but it still kept that Super Nintendo. 32-bit look right and, and it was just, just fantastic to have that the fact that nintendo has not supported that game again pisses me the fuck off <laughs> i could see it in your because, face because like they had secret of mana same fucking studio they ported it over to the nes snes emulator mm-hmm. they had these games available fire emblem all these guys got ported over but you left this one behind and it was the one hey of the, but it's like in the top 10 of SNES games of all time. Right. And but you leave it behind and I have no idea why. Is it not on any of the virtual consoles? No. No, no even even your uh, Switch? Yeah. Yeah, no. 
Damn. Yeah, and that's and that pissed a lot of people off. Like, might just be a copyrights thing. It could be, but you know, if I could play Final Fantasy three, I should be able to play fucking <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Well, uh, my number nine kind of follows suit in that, and also kind of made me realize just how often they do the sort of thing. Uh, my number nine pick is uh, the Game and Watch Galleries one and two. Yeah. I, I kind of put both of them together because they're both very small games, mm-hmm. uh, but same premise being um, the original handheld that Nintendo ever made was called the Game and Watch, and it literally came about because. I don't think it was Shigeru, but it was one of the heads of Nintendo was taking a train to the office and mm-hmm. saw a businessman literally passing the time by just pressing buttons on his calculator. And he went, huh, what if there was the thing that I could create with similar technology of like a, of a um, uh, calculator screen and just create small little mm-hmm. pocket games that could also double as a clock. Yeah. It'd be like a game and a watch. <laughs> yeah. And they were just quick little pick me up games, bad graphics, very similar things of, you know, get the item from this po- corner to this corner. And they booted a whole bunch of them and put them on the Game Boy. Now, if it was just that, it would have been pretty boring. But what they did is very similarly to what they do with like Mario Kart these days or Super Smash Brothers, they took the game and modernized it so you could either pick to play the classic version which is just a one-to-one port of that old lcd game or you could play a whole new game boy game of the same style with like updated graphics and smoothness and everything else man those were just great because i quickly found out over the last few years that my gaming style isn't multi-hour rpg pick up where we left off kind of gameplay all the gameplay I liked as a kid was the ability to play for a little bit and then put it down without having to redo what I already did. Yeah. That's why I liked Mario Kart. That's why I liked the Mario games. I could beat a couple levels, turn it off, and it was done. Yeah. I didn't have to dedicate a whole afternoon to play Mario. I could dedicate 30 minutes to playing Mario. No. So with Game & Watch Gallery perfect for oh we're gonna go get groceries sweet i'll grab my game boy with the one game and by the time i play through both of those oh we're at the grocery store word awesome (laughs) so there were a lot of uh, other game other manufacturers that use that method because mm-hmm. tiger electronics did yeah it a so lot. I, I had a tiger electronic game but not just any tiger electronic game um, this wasn't the flat white little screen with a little graphics on the side to, to get got to make you force your imagination it's like oh yeah it's street fighter but it's yeah. like it's like no no this was like the sp yep okay so imagine the sp but just the bottom half like this right right you press the little purple button and the inside slid out and it looked like this right but it looked like this, like yeah, the yeah. SP flattened out, mm-hmm. and it was a biker brutality. And it was is a game where you play on, or you're on a motorcycle, but you're only moving side to side, and you can do like a kick yeah. or a nunchuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like those are the only two moves. And when the SP came out, I'm like, holy shit! They stole that design. Those rat bastards. <laughs> and every southern grandma and grandpa had the big solitaire tiger game yeah, that there, they would play. Yeah, there was that one. There was the free sale one. There, well, by the time the cooler ones ha- came out, they were sturdy. They lasted a long time. The graphics look a little bit. You can see the cards better. But the old Tiger Direct games would have like uh, the the 
the back spot inlaid so like yep. it was a full graphic background because it was a picture yep and then it was just layered yep <laughs> that's the ones my grandparents had yeah, yeah. and you had like uh, the uh, the cross buttons weren't cross buttons it was two parallel looked like an equal sign but that was your up down and left and right but they tilted it to make it look cool yep and it's just like, <laughs> and it's just like you all you motherfuckers are assholes and play watching people play those online is fucking hilarious because i would love a twitch stream of just like a guy with thumbs just like playing that and like hey kids this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your number nine pick? Uh, my number nine pick was uh, Mega Man X. Hmm. Uh, Mega Man X uh, for the uh, DS, for the original DS. Um, cool port. Uh, no, no, it was for the SP. I'm sorry. Oh, Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah, Game Boy Advance SP. But it was they released it after the Game Boy Advance was kind of null and void. Right. And they're like, hey, the SP's coming out. Let's go ahead and release this one. And you could port it over to the GameCube. Mm-hmm. With, the Game Boy Reader. Yeah, but with another GameCube game. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a GameCube uh, Mario X uh, starter. I forget what it was called. Um, but you played the game so a certain way on the Game Boy, and then you get Mega Man X on the GameCube, and then you could actually play as other characters and, you know, the whole point of Mega Man is to kill people and use their body parts. But, like, you could use that stuff over right. into the game. And it was really cool for that time. It was one of the first, like, games I used for that little system, mm-hmm. for that little port. Because um, I had the the little attachment. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. It went on top of the Advance, but it went on to the SP as well. Nice. And that was the first time I ever used it. And I was just like, okay, finally, I got to use it. I'm never going <laughs> to use it again. <laughs> no reason to use it again. <laughs> So it was mainly just a was it like just a brand new game? It was brand new. Yeah. Uh, the advance had just kind of nulled out. SP was getting pushed hard. Uh, Mega Man X at that time was, you know, it was a Mega Man game. They they never really tried to. Mega Man hadn't gotten a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. It, At least Mikey got a good ornament <laughs> above him for over Christmas. PJ Mega Man, I think. Is yeah, that I think so, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like. Uh, it, it, it was fun for what it was. The graphics were ramped the fuck up, you know, and um, I had started getting back into those games and uh, Game Boy Advance had started releasing the NES cartridges of the old games. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked we talked about this before, but yeah, they had finally started porting those over and then you had enough support for the DS that, yeah, you could do a Super Nintendo game or two yeah. <laughs> that were worth a fuck. Oh, and, yeah. And then that was just one of those ones like nostalgia driven when i had the gamecube and it was coming out oh yeah definitely. the ps3 had just come out and i was just like oh man should i should i beat someone with this gamecube <laughs> get myself a ps3 hell yeah hell yeah i should uh my number eight was a super mario 64 ds um now the reason this one even made it to my top 10 it mainly had to do with the amount of excitement i had when it first got released and the fact that I didn't get to ever play it until a solid 10 years after that. Mm-hmm. So the DS had just come out. They were doing all the promos for it. And then all of a sudden, Mario 64 on the DS. Oh, my number one favorite game ever. And now I can take it on the road with me. Oh, I want it. I want it. I want it. Big problem. Didn't own a DS. They weren't going to fucking buy me a Nintendo dipshit. Yeah, yeah, and that was the acronym for my in my household, the Nintendo dipshit. So no, I was not going to be allowed to get that, nor could I get the Mario sixty four. So I had to wait until I was an adult and on my own to buy my own DS and buy that fucking game myself out of pure. Sp- 
fight because <laughs> I knew it wasn't a great game. That's why the clarification's on here. It's not a great game. It's on the list because of how excited I was for its release and for the fact that I spite bought it a good solid 10 years after the fact. And I think I got like maybe 10 stars and never picked it back mm. up again. <laughs> uh, no, I, um, I, I bought my DS um, because I was much older than you. Yes. Uh, but I bought it. I did buy it years later. Um, and then about that time, I was like, 3DS is out. I'm going to break out and just buy that. And that's when yeah. I played a lot of the DS games was on the 3DS. Um, because, back, you know, it's still backward compatible. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah. No, uh, I didn't get my DS until like 2015. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say, I got to ask, uh, out of the 64, the DS, and the Switch, which uh, Mario 64 plays better? I mean, of course, I still have to go with the original 64, mm-hmm. mainly because it's it's that childhood muscle memory of holding that controller, having the exact button layout the way it yeah. is. You know, your your hands just get up. Op- I mean, the game was optimized for those button layouts. So, I mean, to do certain jumps and certain moves, it just feels the most natural on the Nintendo 64. Uh, the Switch plays really good. Uh, I've played both the virtual console and the actual cartridge versions. Both play fine. Um it just the technology they use in the Joy-Con is not the same that they've used in previous generations of consoles. So you don't get that very smooth directional feel. You can really see that in Goldeneye. It's yeah. either like move or stop, move or stop. It's it's not as intuitive as it used to be. Hmm. So yeah, so yeah, that, that that's at least my route on that one. It's not it doesn't play great, but the hype that surrounded it at least made it good in this one. Yeah, mine was uh, my next one was uh, Metroid Two: The Return of Samus. This was a Game Boy only uh, release, just for the Game Boy, mm-hmm. the OG Game Boy. Uh, it was hard. Um, the graphics weren't as good. They did re-release it uh, on the Switch as a um, kind of like an extra to Dread, uh, which looks fantastic. I kind of wanted to get Dread, but I heard it's very short. But then I yeah. heard then I heard Metroid Two's on there. I'm just like, I gotta well. try. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be unchristian. I'll, I'll come by and say hello. I'll come by and say hello. But yeah, like uh, when I played the Metroid games on the uh, any uh, SNES and later on on the um, NES, when the GameCube dropped and you could pl- you beat the game a certain way, and you could play both. Um, I was like, well, I'm missing a story. Let's let's find out, you know. And the return of Samus was the first time I ever acknowledged her name, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty wild, man. Um, playing it on a game boy and like on the original that was the whole big thing and when they ported it over to the other versions for the sp and um before uh, advance the game was extremely easier because of all the extra buttons right uh, because you could actually map the buttons on that one yeah uh, the old version you're, you're dealing with one two cross pad that's it <laughs> a b cross pad that's it that's all you yeah. had now you got you know you know about 30 buttons <laughs> <laughs> But it's still it's still a fascinating game when it comes yeah. to Nintendo didn't have the time to put it on the console, but they did have time to port it to their their flagship handheld. Right, which was a great idea because it kept the market open for both both consoles because it is a console. 
technically handheld console and but like to keep it keep the thing alive up into super metroid and then Mm -hmm. that becomes like holy shit that's that's up with mario and zelda you know saying that i enjoyed the uh, metroid games on the nes and super nintendo i just never really played them much on the game boy brutally hard yes (laughs) yes (laughs) they're not made for the weak (laughs) much like uh star wars on the nes and the game boy hard yeah Yeah. Uh, super star wars where you play as luke and he can do this weird pinwheel spin Uh uh-huh and it's just like he didn't do that in the movie but i'm doing it all fucking day i'm killing every creature and droid from here to the end of the game yeah they ported that game to the game boy and it plays even worse yeah i had it though (laughs) i could not get past like level two it was a horde very horde um my number seven i i think i think this even made my top five favorite of um regular console games but new super mario brothers ds mm-hmm. companion to new super mario brothers wii but completely different games different levels different everything uh but same setup and it was basically just the reintroduction as mario as a 2d platformer with just really nice graphics and when the ds was hot shit well even when it wasn't back in 2015 when i finally got mine it was just so novel to be able to play something so seemingly high quality on two screens and get such an immersive Mario experience handheld. Yeah. Especially because, as some of the other games that I'll list on here for, like, you know, the Advance and the uh, Color, you know, they may be Mario games or side scrollers, but you didn't have wall jumps. Mm-hmm. You didn't have specific spin jumps. You didn't have specific power ups. This felt like I was playing the Wii game on the go. And it was, like I said, it was even nice to be able to have, like, specific running animations and wall jumps and stuff that I would do from, like, Mario 64, now available on a new side-scroller. So, I I thoroughly enjoyed the new Super Mario DS game series. That that definitely had to at least reach mine. Yeah. Uh, The next one I had was Four Swords. Mmm! Four Swords for Zelda. Yeah. Um, The problem was... uh, if you wanted to beat the game a certain way, you did have to have the four other Game Boys or three Game Boys. Um, I was lucky; I had two of the link cables that had the separator <laughs> link in the cables. Yeah, uh, they had the separator in the middle, and you can actually daisy chain up as many as you want because yeah. they're interconnected. Uh, I only had two other people that had the game, so we played four sources, three people, and there are elaborate puzzles when you're doing the game. But then we found out that if you bought the console game. Mm-hmm you could hook your Game Boy up to it. So that made the game a lot fucking easier. So yep. one of us was playing the Game Boy and the GameCube at the same time yep. <laughs> while the other two were playing on the Game Boy. And it was just like, holy shit, this is hard. And it's just like, yeah, we should have just fucking invested in another person with a Game Boy. <laughs> invested in another person. <laughs> yeah. But like of all the Zelda games, it is more puzzle heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is cool. Um, the bosses are fantastic. You know, they really... The only game I can compare this to is Luigi's Mansions 3, where you have to take control of two characters at the same time. Yeah. And the puzzles are very elaborate as you play through that game. Got it. Um, I should have added it to this list, but I didn't because it's a Switch. Uh, oh, no. Got that's it. the hardest thing. Is a Switch a handheld? And it's not, but it is. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never... Here, hear me on this. I've never hooked it to the TV. I've never hooked a Switch to the TV and played it, other than it's at Brad's house, and it's his. <laughs> 
man that that's fucking with me too and the reason being is my initial gut reaction is to say well no it's a home console that you can just take on the go Except they made the... But if you're rich, you could do that with all the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> but they also made the Switch light yeah. that you couldn't connect to the TV. It only was a portable console. Now you they could, fucked themselves with that. Otherwise, I would no, be able you could. to... You could. You could use a Bluetooth controller and, and buy a secondary dock. That, that, but you're, you're doing something it wasn't created for at that point. Just yeah. like you can buy docks to set up your Game Boy yeah, outside to, of yeah, special but I'm not Nintendo supposed hardware. To drink and electronically vape. So, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> who, 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 are, who, who God told you I couldn't do it? So, yeah. So, but now you're making the Switch do something it was never intended to do in that mode. So, as Nintendo releases it, they created a hybrid, I would say a hybrid home console, but then they fucked up my argument by making the light where you by their standards could not connect it to the TV. So, I don't know, man. That Switch gets its own episode. Yeah, yeah, that that has to be its own. I I can't rightfully so. Which also, um not to do spoilers or anything, I have a feeling you don't have any Sega Game Gear games on here, do you? No. I didn't have Sega Game Gear money. Or 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 a PSP game. Yep, I got one. Oh really? I thought this was gonna I thought my iPod was gonna be the only variation and the rest was just gonna be nope. Nintendo games. Nope. <laughs> I got one PSP game. Alright. Well uh my number six did you did you do your number seven? Yeah, my number okay. four swords. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Um my number six is a little bit out there. It finally jumps a uh, a different property, but this game gets slept on a mm. lot. No matter how often I play this game, I can. There's not a point in which I get through like the first part of it and go, "No, I don't want to do this." Pokemon Pinball. Yeah, I remember Pokemon Pinball, dude. That that right next to Space Pinball on the original Windows computers. That's one of the best pinball games ever. One of the, fun, it, one of the funniest memes, I think, that made me spit my fucking drink out. And I was, you can censor what I'm about to say, but it was a picture of the space pinball and the fucking tagline on the top of it. This game will make you come in 30 seconds. <laughs> and I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> censor that. But the God damn, that was funny. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> It's only Cap and his Palestinian rants I have to yeah, censor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's no. starting to make more sense, folks. <laughs> but I loved this game, and the cool novelty behind it was, man, you pop off a little thing in the back of this game, you slap a little AAA battery in there, boom, that shit rumbles. Yeah. And it was like, that's so cool that a Game Boy game rumbles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I... I I had to put that on there mainly for nostalgia reasons, but no one really talks about it. It never really got reported to anything, but it's got really cool levels. Each of the animated pinball like machines are very well drawn and crafted See, to a, implement the different Pokemon and their style. That's something like uh, of all the things Microsoft could have done when it was doing the whole Microsoft suite of games and stuff like that, because it's me as Microsoft now. It's basically Xbox. Why can't I click files, go to accessories, and go to games like I did with 98 and just hear this giant suite of games? <laughs> but can you imagine them doing it now, but with different boards with Microsoft, like like a Doom one or like me, a Bethesda yeah. one or like, you know what I'm saying? And like make that part of the PC. You, know, you could that have done that. Cool. And it's just like 
no, you created this weird game suite with like four or five card games and it's like, ugh, I hate it. <laughs> you can play Bejeweled. Yeah, I can play fucking Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, but like if you're older, I feel bad for the kind of the older folks. Some people like, you know, my dad and stuff who got used to playing, uh, you know, Solitaire, Free Sale, all these fucking games. And then when the Windows XP came out, you had chess and checkers and stuff like that. And it's just like, nah, you kind of got lazy and you got rid of those games, you pieces of shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was always, always got to be online. <sighs> well, what's the next one for you, man? Uh, Tetris. Ah. The OG Tetris. All right. Uh, so I had a Game Boy Color and I had the gray cartridge for yep. the original Game Boy. But I had another cartridge uh, that someone let me borrow. And that's when my Game Boy got stolen. Um it was Disney's Tetris, and it, you walked around and you played Tetris against other Disney characters, and it was very elaborate. Like everyone played a different way. Like Goofy had like weird ass fucking shapes. Uh, the fat Goofy, I forget his name. Uh, there was like a, it was a fat Goofy, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, he had like I don't think I do actually. Okay. <laughs> But like I wasn't a Disney kid. Yeah, but like they all had different ways to play the game. One was extremely fast. One was you. It was like a knockout kind of thing. You know, if you got Tetris faster, it added levels. If they got Tetris, it added levels to you. So it it was a very time consuming game. Um, but I only had it for a little while. But I had the OG Tetris forever, and the OG Tetris has a wild fucking story how it how it was invented. Man, there's a great video by a, a YouTube channel called The Gaming Historian mm-hmm. that did like maybe a little 30, 40 minute uh, documentary thing on it, and yeah, it's fucking insane. Stolen hardware, bootlegs, mm-hmm. lawsuits, all this other crazy. And shit, what's dude. crazy is like uh, last year, uh, the Tetris uh, world record was broken by a guy for the NES and they debated for like a month depending on based on ask uh, trying to figure out if it, if it was legit even though he did it in front of people yeah if it was legit because instead of holding his controller like this held it upside or sideways yeah he held it sideways and facing the fucking television because he thought he was gonna get caught for cheating but he played that's how he plays the fucking NES game yeah and it's just like what the fuck He's like playing it like a flute. Yeah, but he's kicking ass. <laughs> and he's kicking ass. And like, Tetris motherfucker. I'm just like, well, you, well, you know what you got to do? You got to kill him. <laughs> hey, I love the fact that Tetris was the pack-in game for the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. To show, it was, it was brilliant marketing. Mm-hmm. Brilliant marketing. They're selling a toy. They're selling a toy. But including a peripheral, the game... That appeals to a business worker, Mm -hmm. an adult. A puzzle. A puzzle. Someone that's going to play this game exactly what they imagine. The guy just sitting on the train needing to pass a little bit of a time. Okay, I'll play a five-minute Tetris game in between my stops. Boom. Now they're starting to sell the systems. The kid looks at it and goes, oh, what's that? Finds things that it works for them and boom, now they've subverted the video game boom and crash market again. Even though they've been running hard and uh, good off the original NES and Super Nintendo for a while, this is a brand new territory. Another thing thing to it is uh, the worst version of Tetris is on the Switch. Yes! Yes, Tetris ninety nine is fucking awful. That is awful. horrible. I hate that fucking game. Just give me Tetris. You could have just gave me the original game, and but no, I got to play with ninety nine other motherfuckers that I hate. Fuck that. Nah, Fuck terrible. That. <laughs> terrible. Kill yourself. Uh, my number five. Halfway through now, my number five is 
I really wasn't going to put it, but you were like, eh, it counts. Um, Mario Advance 3, which wound up being Super Mario World from yeah. the Super Nintendo. Um, Great I, game to have on the go. Amazing game to have on the go. The Game Boy Advance plays through those Super Nintendo games like butter. And it was strong enough. And the port that was on there is not the original Super Mario World. It was the Super Mario World from the All-Stars cartridge. So there was actually two different versions of the All-Stars cartridge. All-Stars, the first version, had uh, remakes of Mario 1, 2, and 3 from the NES. They re-released a second version of the cartridge that had the Super Nintendo game on it as well with a couple little additions and a couple small upgrades as well. And that's the port that made it to the Game Boy. And I... I played that thing often. Every time you ta- start talking about like making it to the Star World and stuff, that's where I made it to the Star World, yeah. you know, and shit like that. So I I put in so much time into that game. It was the first like Game Boy game I got that just didn't leave the system for a while. Like it was just if I grabbed my Game Boy, it, it had that in it, so I was content. I was just gonna play. <laughs> but I kind of talked about the other reasons I like that game on the. Um, uh, home console favorite version. Yeah. So, if you want to hear more on that, go back and listen to our other shit. Uh, my next one was the PSP game, uh, God of War: Change of Olympus. Ah, see, I never had a PSP, so yeah. that was a cool little expansion on the original games. By that time, I didn't own three; um, I only had the PlayStation One or PlayStation Two. Uh, God of War Three had just came out. Uh, a couple of the God of War games were on the rise, um, but this was actually one of two games for their handheld. Uh, the other one, I, th- I can't remember the name of it, but Chains of Olympus was legitimately fun. And it got so close to the graphics because mm. you are dealing with the next handheld. And yeah. Game Boy was kind of on the sly with just you know the SP. And PlayStation is like, well, let's get into the game too. But they didn't have a giant failure like Game Gear did. You know, yeah. The cool thing about the PSP was the UMD discs uh, you could buy movies yeah, like that. Exactly. Or rent movies like that. Uh, I figured out that it was open source code. So... I hooked it to my laptop and drag and dropped torrents yeah. over and just watched uh, what was it uh, the Boondocks mm-hmm. that showed the Boondocks on my fucking PSP all the time and like people were like hey what are you watching I'm like watching the Boondocks on my fucking <laughs> PSP it's the shit when you said Game Gear I just merely thought Sega Game Gear use eight AA batteries play for thirty minutes give us two hundred and fifty dollars fuck yeah <laughs> my parents smoke. <laughs> My parents smoke and our house smells like dog piss. Yeah, on a Game Gear. <laughs> yeah, we use a Sega. <laughs> we have a Sega. We have a snake, too. <laughs> it's always it's always that. It really is. I'm sitting here. I'm just like, oh, my fucking God, it is. The, kid, the, the friend that had the Sega, their place smelled like cat piss. Their mom smoked and they had a snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And their dad was always fed up with some shit. <laughs> but yeah, that, just ignore my dad. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something, boy. That old Dale Earnhardt. And I was like, oh god damn it, three for Dale, baby. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the God of War game that it was ported over was fantastic. Uh, you, now, if you were to buy the uh, the collection, you can actually p- play the PSP version on the PlayStation. Oh, nice. Um, the only difference that the PSP had than the actual controller itself were the triggers. Uh, the triggers were pretty much obsolete until the PS Vita came out and they added yes. two triggers. Um, the the cross pad they had was fantastic, but they also had the analog stick. Yeah. But the analog stick 
was great because it was textured and it was so close to the fucking uh, wall of the console that you could tell there was probably like a stick underneath there but it was just enough that you couldn't like slam the thing and break it you right. know what I'm saying? Uh, the buttons um, had a great little stick to them you know um, and they, I will say it was kind of a durable console like even with a with a back that opened wide open and you put a disc in you know, well, it was made of metal but it, yeah but it's still like it's even durability for a handheld is hard to say for anybody like the SP's fucking tough yeah like the SP you could duck that motherfucker <laughs> in the goddamn across the room and like you still open the fuck up oh yeah well it's like uh, when we were making down the list I was like man I need to pull out my old games I said there's a few of them I know I'm not thinking of and it's like I've just got like this Halloween candy bucket just full of my Game Boy games and you're like you need to put something in there I was like I do my bucket because <laughs> again I'm sitting here going I'm like I could throw that Game Boy from my bedroom window down to the concrete walk down there pick it up and be like let's play fucking Pokemon let's go <laughs> what's the L sticking you don't need the L you don't need the L <laughs> all you need is fight yeah. <laughs> uh, which actually rolls on into uh, my number four which is Pokemon Gold and Silver Pokemon Gold that was going to be one of mine um um, fantastic games for Fan- sec- second generation Pokemon. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, played on both your original Game Boy and your color. Uh, pop it in your color. You get a nice little color palette. Yet, yeah, if you were a broke motherfucker and couldn't afford the color, pop that shit in your pocket and it will still work. Well, what's crazy is like this. Out of all the Pokemon games, from what I've read, it's the only one that doesn't have a lot of the previous generation. Pokemon. Yes. So that was uh, so. Of course, blue ranks a little higher for or yellow rather ranks a little higher for me. But gold and silver was really great because it it didn't feel like the Pokemon generations were getting too weird yet. It felt like oh yeah, these guys probably could think of another hundred and fifty weird animal looking things, and the designs were cool. I like the idea of um, what was it capturing like different nuts and acorns, and then you yeah. bring it to the guy and he creates pokeballs out of them. Dude, that's fucking cool. They introduced the breeding system where it's mm-hmm. like if you caught a male and a female of a certain one, you could breed the animal or Pokemon into having new ones. All of that shit was so cool. Uh, I remember there was even one that you could actually, no, it wasn't breeding. It was taking it to a daycare. That's what it was. The breeding system was a part of it. The daycare, I thought, was cool as shit. You could show up to this guy in a specific town, drop off a Magikarp, and then leave. Go do your shit. Come back a few days later, or play in, and he's just and you can like check in, and be like, oh, I've been training it, and it's grown over, you know, this he's amount of move, XP. Learn a move or two, or something. yeah, he's learned a few moves. Uh, if you're ready to have him back now, it'll cost you this much. Uh, if not, I'm more than happy to still, you know, take him off your hands, and continue to train him for you. Boom! It's just, all of a sudden, you got a fucking Gyarados because you left it with them, and yeah. more times than not, if you left it with the daycare center, they would learn special moves mm-hmm. and like what you were saying, or. I swear I got a red Gyarados from it one time. And it was just like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Um, It was also the same time uh, where um, the Pokemon could hold things. Yes. It could hold like its own berry and stuff so it could heal itself in a fight. Yeah. uh, Another part of the game was, uh, you're talking about the breeding center and stuff like that. Uh, That was the other Pokemon they left behind was a Ditto. Yeah. Ditto was the only original 150 Pokemon I remember you could catch other than like a handful of others. Mm -hmm. But um, Ditto, I think, is in every game. I'm pretty sure it dittos in every game. Well, it's because it's such an, uh, a cool Pokemon. It's an OP Pokemon. Yeah. So it's extremely, extremely useful because, uh, fun fact about those, if you use it a certain way, its XP just gets exponentially larger mm-hmm. on attack and defense. And like if you fought one, its XP would match. 
but stay at that level. So the highest Pokemon you would fight, it would stay at that level until you made it do the change, the ditto move or whatever. But no, I just I just use it to make more Pokemon. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite part about uh, the gold and silver was the unknown Pokemon. Yes. Uh, so I, in a notebook, on the edges of the notebook, I drew, drew every shape of each one I caught, so I didn't caught the same one twice. And I forget how many it was, but it was enough to fill up a notebook. It, it was. It's enough for an alphabet. There's one per letter of the alphabet. Yeah, and so I would go out and look for these individual little cave system, and that's when I accidentally caught like some of the rarest Pokemon, like a Celebi. Celebi's in the game, and it's like the last one on the Pokédex. And I was like, "Holy shit, I caught it!" <laughs> I wouldn't even I try celibacy. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> if you're an old man playing that game, yeah, but. uh, uh but yeah, like the birds. Me and my buddy would always try to go after the birds, and then and this one they had the dogs. You know, uh, Entei. Those fire dogs or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. Entei was the fire one. Uh, Suicune was like the water or sky one or something. And um, I can't remember the other one, but it was like a tiger, but it was a lightning tiger. But yeah, that, that was the cool thing about them. It's like yeah, these are kids. These were kid games. These were the last kid games I played until yeah. recently when I played Pokemon Shield, and I'm just like. Kids back then would just stomp kids now at these fucking games because oh, yeah. they, they've made the games really pussified. Oh yeah, like I'm not sound, trying to sound like an old man, but like the new Pokemon games are shit. <laughs> like, it's just like I looked at it, I was just like, "There's a Pokemon that's literally a sword." <laughs> what well, was Gold and Silver your follow up on your number? Yeah, Gold and Silver was going to be my next one. Nice. <laughs> I like how Gold and Silver both ranked the exact yeah. same for ours. Uh, well, then I guess I'll kind of keep that conversation going and move on to my next one to say uh, what my number three and phone just went off. Uh, yeah, my number three would be Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. Uh, that was the first experience I had with a Pokemon game. And this game captured my attention much like Mario 64 did. Because, again, being one of those techie kids, you know, always liking, you know, the coolest and latest, you know, either technology or shiny new piece of something. Yeah. The idea that this huge world full of different ideas was inside this fucking saltine cracker sized cartridge blew me away. And it. The ideas and possibilities were limitless. It was like, well, I'm going to all these different areas. I'm finding all these different creatures, talking to all these different people. There has to be a bunch of other stuff. So part of the enjoyment I had with that game was hearing, you know, if you fucking attack this truck over and over, you know, there's a mew underneath it, you know, <laughs> and shit like that. And it was just, and same thing with Mario. It's like L is real. It's like that was bullshit. And no, Mew was not under the fucking truck. It was never there. You could only get Mew too, and that was under the cave. So it's like. You, you had all these weird anomalies. You'd have the glitches. So yeah. maybe those were like uh, forbidden or, yeah, you know, uh, corrupted missing, Pokemon. You're missing no, which, yeah. is, which is missing null. Um, you had different ways of getting Pokemon in that one. Because uh, red and blue is on my list as well. So yeah. those, those are the same pantheon of characters. Yep. Uh, I will say, I didn't know anybody that had yellow. It mm. was always red or blue. Um, I didn't see a yellow cartridge until I was probably like 15, 16. Um, by that time, I was playing gold and silver yeah. and hanging out, doing other shit. But, uh, <laughs> Getting laid some Noka Snort Coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just, just all, all the drugs. All the drugs. <laughs> while I'm trying to go through high school. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, so when those when those came out, I was telling you a story. About we had went to D.C., and it was 2001 when we had went. Yeah. Um, and we went to 
through this uh, shopping mall and there was a, a kb toys mm-hmm. um and my buddy was with me and i had my game boy he had his and we saw those in the window and his mom bought us red and blue they didn't have yellow up yet right um and we both played those fucking things while we were on the buses riding between monuments and stuff and had a good time i ended up giving mine back to him because his mom bought it so i was like mm, okay. yeah but um but yeah, that was it was just wild, you know, because Pokemon had just become up on the rise. Yep. Uh, I remember the grade before we had the book, the Pokemon book. They had all 150 in the book. Yep. Um, everyone had a handful of cards every now and then. I wish I still had mine. Uh, my nieces are collecting them now. Ah. So and Lego. So I'm really proud of them. <laughs> um, You're like, yes, children. Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's buy you some Legos, man. Let's buy me some Legos. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. So. That was that's my not obviously next one was the red and blue. Oh wow! And so those those are a little bit easier to remember. Yeah, they do get a little wonky because there are some Pokemon that are standalone Pokemon like a Farfetch'd. Farfetch'd didn't have a fucking evolution. You know, Zyther didn't have an evolution. Taurus didn't have one. Um, you had the birds, Zapdos, uh, Moltres, uh, Articuno, Articuno. You had the dragons, Dratini, uh, Dragonite, and all them. You had all these cool characters toward the tail end and you had like basic animals in the forest yep. animals at sea legendary and it's just like holy shit you know it's very equalized yeah and now we have ones that are ice cream <laughs> and trash bags and that you could eat them that's yeah trash bags yeah, it's fucking disgusting and exactly what you're saying with that i think the only reason i wound up getting the yellow is because I feel like I fell into Pokemon pretty early, mm-hmm. like when the anime made its way over to the U.S. and you know all the other kids started liking it, so I started paying attention to it. So I may have been like a year or two late to the hype train, but the crazy thing about it was I remember seeing red and blue in the stores all the time being like, I want it, I want it. I think right about the time they were going to get it for me, Nintendo had announced yellow. Mm-hmm. So I think Possibly, what had happened was they had, mom had held off and was like, "Well, if he wants this game, I'm gonna wait to get him like the newest version." Because I remember shortly after seeing it in stores, mom wound up getting it for me, and it left such an impression on me because this cartridge. Now, yes, you're red. The cartridge itself was red. You're blue. The cartridge itself was blue. And on each of the cart. Uh, artwork was like a really big Blastoise or a d- commanding Charizard and the yellow one of course yellow cartridge with Pikachu on it but this one had holographic on yeah. it like the, the, the white in the box was like all iridescent and shiny and shit the others were normal oh those were just normal this was shiny and electric the yes oh man well I remember cracking that thing open looking at him just being like oh opening up the box I'm like it's a yellow cartridge I don't have yellow and I still remember that intro as clear as day because it's different they changed it up because it was the Pikachu version it starts with like it's like a running animation but he's at still and he's like running toward the camera still standing there and it's like and then it's like a zoom in on his face and then like clips back to the running animation but he's a little closer and then it shows his face again. It's like just back and forth, back and forth until it's like Pokemon Yellow Edition. And the only difference between that one and the other ones was Pikachu followed you. Yes. You um, got you had no choice but to pick him as your starter. And then yeah. he followed behind you because he did not want to be in his Pokeball. Yeah. So okay, it was a little bit more ad- adapted to the game. But other than that, the gameplay was the same. The, yep. the gym, gym was the same, all that. Uh, I will say, though, having Pokemon Yellow made for the hardest 
first boss battle or first gym leader battle because your first gym is Brock. Yeah. And he has a Geodude and an Onyx. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's pretty easy to knock down. It's a Geodude and an Onyx. When your starter Pokemon is electric and you don't have a choice and the only other shits that are in your way between you and Brock are Pidgeys, Caterpies, and fucking Pharaohs. Should have called a Pidgey. And Rattatas. Should have called a Pidgey. <laughs> Should have called a Pidgey. I, I did. I still had to train those fuckers up, but it's like you were screwed. But the benefit was, by the time you finally beat Brock, I was one shot killing every motherfucker in my path because my Pikachu was so goddamn strong after those battles. See, I just man, it. it was like Misty saw me coming from a distance and went, "Don't, just, just, just don't." Here's my badge. Like I just <laughs> like when I played the game, like I've told this before, but like I grind like a motherfucker before I even go to a gym. Like my character is going to be like fifty on the first gym, and it's just like, oh, it's a level ten Onyx. What a fucking fantastic thing crush it <laughs> and it's like and it's like oh shit he's got a geo to sweep the leg he doesn't have a leg I said sweep the leg <laughs> sweep the bicep yeah sweep the bicep and it's just like they, that's how I play the games and that's why I'm so good at the new ones because it's all shared XP yeah <laughs> but yeah right. that's gold and silver and red blue and yellow <laughs> <laughs> fuck the rest of them well let's change it up some what's your number two? Oh, uh, my number three was gonna say uh I still had three left. Oh, well, I thought I thought you also ran in where your Pokemon just, blue was. I just jumped them all together. Oh, got it, got it, got so, it. So uh, mine was uh, a Link Between Worlds, mm. uh, which was the Zelda game for the 3DS. Yes, it, it incorporated the 3D element, uh, a couple other elements. Uh, it was the same map as uh, Link to the Past for yep. the SNES, but the new character isn't Ganon. It's a it's a darker realmed character who just shows up. Um, and wants to take over Hyrule. Uh, it's one of the first ones where Ganon's not in it. Uh, kind of like, um, I think it's Link's Awakening. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's one of those games where if you were to get it and not be a Zelda fan, it'd be fun. And and it's one of those games, like, if you are a Zelda fan, it's like, holy shit, this is the OG best map ever created in video game history. But just with new gameplay on top. Yeah, like, hey, you remember that old way of finding the puzzle? Guess what? Now, your character can do, like, a paper barrier thing and be part of the wall and scale the wall. and like That's a cool mechanic. Yeah, and so they've add, they added to it. And, like, oh, can you, do you want to pop out over here? You can go through the mirrors now. You can do this. You can do that. You don't have to do the hard way of getting around. If you want to fight a boss a certain way, you can uh, are you worried about getting struck well be part of the wall he can't destroy the wall you know and it, it was really cool to sneak up on characters and stuff it really added a whole new layer to the game um and the ds at that time the 3ds and the ds's all had like extra peripherals added to the, the handle itself oh, so yeah. like the mic and stuff uh there's a part of the game where you have to um basically put out these torches but you don't have any magic left and so you got to blow on it and my dad's looking at looked at me. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm just like, "If you blow on it, like, it turns the torch out." He just looks at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I thought that was also the one where it's like you were, you got stuck on that forever, and you're just like, "How do I get through this?" And you like made yeah. a noise at it, and you're like, "Wait." Yeah. Well, in the in the bottom screen, uh, there is a hints part, and I never hit the hints part. I'm just like, I'm not a fucking chode. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not pussying out and fucking going online and figuring this out. I'm going to do it myself. It's a Zelda game. It's easy to do and it's just like nope I'm going online like an asshole <laughs> or using the hints thing and it says like if you blow on it and it blows out the candle and then it's like that makes sense because you had the peripheral at that point though you're talking to somebody who had a, an SP 
that's it yeah <laughs> if you tried to blow on a Game Boy it was because it was on fire <laughs> but yeah the, the, the Link Between Worlds were, was probably the best 3DS game in my opinion overall and it's one of those things I kind of regret giving away but mm-hmm. I gave it as a gift to somebody who was right. another fan so and they gave it, it went to, to a good cause but, and they gave it to somebody else as a gift so like it's it's made it's money's worth as a product for yeah. me yeah well, that's good though. I always like hearing the thing of it getting passed down through the different fans, so mm-hmm. everyone gets a chance to finally play it. And talking about getting a chance to finally play it, uh, my number two would be Mario Advance Four, which wound up being Mario Three from the NES, mm-hmm. now on handheld. Uh, same as before, it's the All Stars version uh, with the updated graphics. Uh, but with that one, of course, you were able to save items. Uh, so if you got like an abundance of flower, uh, fire flowers in the level, you could save them and then reuse them later on. Uh, uh, the toad shacks that you would jump up and you know get a gift from them you could just put that in your chest so it created a very fun um dynamic uh where you could enter a level with a power up yeah so i would man i had like my treasure chest full i had like 20 different power ups at all times so it was like every time i entered a level i was like p wing <laughs> fire flower <Yeah>. a frog <laughs> so yeah. i was rocking those things out at the start of every level which made it more fun because most of the time unless you carried one over after you know getting your block you started every level either big or small. You never really started with a power-up. So starting a level sometimes with a star or starting with a fire flower just changed the dynamic entirely. So it just opened it up for a lot more fun gameplay and it just finally gave me a chance to play that one more because again, I had access to a Super Nintendo. I had access to a regular NES, but the only one I really owned was the 64. You know, I had to go to my aunt's house or my grandmother's house to play the other systems. Now all I had to do was just sit in my bed with a bowl of popcorn and I could actually play that game whenever yeah. I wanted. So yeah, played that one a shit ton. I, um, the Mario games for the handheld were always kind of fascinating. Um, I'd always play like the ones that always seemed like they weren't Mario games, like the Dr. Mario's and stuff like that. Mario golf, Mario <laughs> golf. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine's a big fan of that. And I'm just like, just play a golf game. Like, really? Remember Outlaws Golf? That was the shit. Oh, man. Let's play that. That unlocked a memory. <laughs> yeah. Probably saw the commercial. Um, but yeah, my next one uh, was Golden Sun. Mm. Golden Sun was the end-all, be-all when it came to be the competition to Final Fantasy. Um, a great... A great version of this is how the south park games are made Mm -hmm. the first south park game is made in the tradition of final fantasy where you stand in one spot fight turn fight that's it that's all that game is Uh, golden sun forced you to move around the board and your attacks could only be certain ways like chess you know if you move a chess piece a certain way and it only has certain ways of moving and certain moves of killing yeah that was more my speed so playing golden sun was fantastic uh they poured it over to the psp but i originally played it on the sp for uh, game boy and holy shit what a game yeah the opening game is a snowball fight (laughs) the opening game is literally just kids fighting in a snowball fight in a schoolyard and i'm just like okay like it's like i guess it's a kid's story and then it goes into no you're in a final fantasy realm and you will die and it's just like (laughs) holy shit am i fighting the devil like and that that was the story of golden sun golden sun i wish 
they had kept it going, but it was one of those series that kind of got beat out by Final Fantasy when it came to those those type of games. Right. And there was so much more stuff coming out that they couldn't compete with. It was like Chrono Trigger uh, just couldn't keep online with like Mario, Sonic, and all them. Yeah. Because I think it's because it's so elaborate. Um, and those games tend not to do well in the child consoles. No. Yeah, not like Friday the 13th or anything. <laughs> Which is another game that should release the yes. original Friday Thirteenth game. Yes, I lo- even if they made it like a limited uh, well, they made, free play for yeah. just October, that would they be awesome. They made one Friday Thirteenth game. It was a five on four. Yeah, or that's, five, I've, I've seen five, gameplay on that. It was a that. five on one, and yeah. it's, like, it's like you guys are too jacked to be fucking teenagers. It's like a Slenderman game. Yeah, or like Evolve. And my number one, my number one favorite handheld game, and it's such a cop out, but I cannot understate. The amount of excitement that I had when Nintendo put their NES games on uh, the Game Boy Advance. Now, not the Mario ones I've been talking about where it's like the All-Stars versions. I mean, straight, exact ports of these NES games. For a solid month, there was a GameStop right inside of Spartanburg around the corner from like the mall and the target that we would venture to nearly every weekend for a solid month. I had them make a pit stop at that location so I could go in and bug that motherfucker. Do you have Mario brothers for the NES on the game boy advance yet? No, we had some earlier this week, but they sold out. It took a month to finally get my hands on that thing. And once I did, that that's why when I pulled out everything, that instruction manual is still that's the instruction manual I still have. I cherished every bit of that game because that was my favorite game of all time. Period. It's like Mario sixty four definitely is my favorite now, but then it was the original NES Mario game. I adored that thing. I had specific memories of it even as a kid and it's like even though I was still a kid getting that game on there I meant like childhood memory fun and just being able to have that on my game system or on my handheld yeah it's my number one it's it's a home console game but the amount of joy and excitement when I saw that they were releasing that and Excite Bike and all the Balloon Pop and all these other games for it, I was just like, "This, this is exactly what I wanted. That this is this is perfection." So now that that will the joy that it gave me buying that box and opening it up and flipping through the instruction manual and just being able to play it whenever I wanted, it it has to go as my number one. Yeah, and the NES ones being caught blown over were. A little too good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I remember I had ice climbers. I had that one, uh, but I had a very bad experience too because uh, the Game Boy Advance game I bought for the NES was Legend of Zelda Two Adventures. Oh no! Adventures of Link. Oh no! And it's the worst fucking game you could ever play. It should have killed the franchise. But you know what made it good? I had a Nintendo Power with the holographic silver cover. Yes. With the maps to every Zelda game up to that point published in that book, and I've lost that book. Uh, it had, but it was talking about the um, re-release of Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time on the GameCube, and they were you know pushing Wind Waker at the time. And in, in it, you open it up, and it told you how to beat 
Legend of Zelda and Legend of Zelda 2. And it told you how to beat these games. And I'm just like, thank God. Because <laughs> it was still wrong. Like, the way they wrote it, it was still wrong. So, I had to take a marker and draw from one. It would show, like, the screen mm-hmm. and the level in full perpetuity. And then I would draw. I take a Sharpie. And I drew in this magazine. It went from here. <laughs> to this diagram of this level yeah and then this one went to this one and i had to draw a line because they kept just publishing random fucking ones it's like this is how you beat this level it's like yeah that's great but it doesn't tell me what happens to the next level motherfucker. <laughs> so you got to tell me which way i'm going well what was your number one uh my number one was uncharted for the psp mm. because it links to the original uncharted game um Fun fact, I bought all three of the games later on when the PlayStation Network had gotten, after it had got hacked. And that was, then I said, okay, now it's a good time to get a user account because now they finally <laughs> fixed that shit. Uh, and so I created a PlayStation account. And then I still had my Vita, or not the Vita, but the PSP. And it was at the do- dog days of that fucking thing. That system wasn't being supported anymore. And I was like, okay, what, what's the point of the Uncharted game? And I looked online and said, oh, no, it ports over to the Uncharted games for the PlayStation. So... I hooked a USB up cord to it. It's like, do you want to transfer data file? I was like, yeah, transfer data file. PlayStation Network sends me a message. Congratulations. Thank you for using, uh, uh, was it Naughty Dog Games? PlayStation would like to reward you with this. And it was a fucking $40 gift card for the PlayStation Network. And it was because I had an original, I used the original PSP and it was still active and still updated that they gave me $40. Wow. And that's why it's my favorite because it gave me money. <laughs> hey, man, if my number one can be just the feeling you know I what had I did? when it got you, released. You, you know what I did with that $40? Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 were on sale on the PlayStation Network for $20. So I bought all three and waited two days for it to download on my shitty internet. <laughs> hey, man, I, I will totally accept that. If the feeling I had of just buying a Game Boy Did game Pokemon made it give you $40? One, no, no. That, that's what I was going to say. Fuck N- them. Nintendo continually just took my money in yeah. different forms, but Naughty Dog actually gave you money. So, yeah. no, I, I'll accept that as a number but, uh, one. But Naughty Dog has fucking really pulled it out for that. And that's why I bought at full yeah, price. Yeah, they pulled it out. They pulled out their fucking credit card. And at full price i paid for uh, thieves end on the playstation 4 and it was worth every fucking penny <laughs> man it's seriously when we when we decided we were going to do this one i brought down my old game systems it's like i, I know i'm going to go through the thing of like oh i want to buy game boy games again but then i look at my bank account and i go well i do need to eat <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is, Eat, eating's overrated though man it's, it's living on pizza rolls yeah yeah you can do no, what I nothing, do. Nothing's cheap anymore. Nothing. You can do what I do. Just take the uh, hot dog barcode and put it over the steaks. <laughs> that says you bought 12 hot dogs. No, yeah, no, I bought this. And it's just like me duct taping fucking barcodes from like pork chops on there. <laughs> Tune in next week for more money-saving life hack tips from Chris Morrison. <laughs> if you break into your neighbor's house when they're not home, usually during the afternoon, you can get all the peanut butter you want. <laughs> Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> Well, for this episode of the Couch Brotatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I'm waiting for all these companies to fail so the cell phone companies can get their fucking hands on them. I can just play all these goddamn games on my phone with this perfect fucking LCD screen at 1080p. And all I have to do is buy a fucking controller peripheral. That's all I want. That's all I need. That's all I ever need.